0: All right, guys, welcome back to Driving Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Owen Trinkler, and uh, we're not in the garage, Donovan, this week. But man, we're in a special place for sure.
1: This is our—I'm not—I'm not opposed to this what we're doing here today. So, um, yeah, I mean, I loved—I love to be in the garages, but this is a pretty close. I wouldn't even call it second place, man. This is like a dead heat, if you—in my book.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a, a guys. We're going to talk about the Music City Grand Prix. We got Mister Jason. Written Rittenberry on yep. I'm uh, gosh, I'm so glad this is happening. Uh, I mean, if you guys didn't notice on this podcast, I love my hometown. I love being here from here and that this is finally going to happen downtown. Yeah. And I mean, it's coming off. The only disappointment for me, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to be in road America. Well, that's, a, that's a bit of a, a challenge right now. Yeah. yeah but um, this is a great conversation. We get into Jason's background, uh, but just go back from the start and he's kind of from this area from the dirt tracks yeah. up in Clarksville. And then we get into, you know, and he worked at Memphis motorsports park for a long time, which I've raced down there on the road course years ago.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I think the the thing that's fun about doing this all the time and, you know, as we're coming across different guests and I mean, this is a huge thing. Yeah. For, 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 for IndyCar. Yeah. For but, I mean, IndyCar. It's huge for
0: IndyCar to be here. Yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and so it's a lot of fun for us to be, you know, kind of in on the, uh, uh, you know the ground floor of this thing, and and you know having having Jason as a guest on the show, um, you know, and that kind of thing. But it's also fun because you know the longer, the more we do this, the more the community uh, expands, but also tightens up, right? Because we're we're people that we talk to have either worked for, know, have a relationship yep. with other people that we've had on the show. Uh, we talk about that a little bit, you know, during the episode, and that for me is really fun. This is this is <laughs> this was a lot of fun to be able to sit here and have this conversation. No,
0: this is uh, definitely an event that I'm super passionate about. I'm good to get, I mean, I was enlightened to get his background because he's been some of the tracks that he's worked at. I've been there on those race weekends and um, that's special. And he knows some of the same people I know, especially from the Palm beach area.
1: Well, I was going to say just about every track he's been at
0: you've, I've been there, but he knows some of the close, you know, guys I used to be teammates with at times. And so it's, it's, it's cool. That's what we talk about relationships here on driving life too. It's more than, um, it's your passion, which is motorsports or cars or business, but the relationships that go on and uh, put you in, you know, give you the opportunities to do what he's doing today.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, totally. And that's, it makes it, um, it makes for a great conversation and that's what, you know, that's what we do is
0: let's just have a conversation. Yeah. So, guys, uh, enjoy Jason here, Uh, Music City Grand Prix. Check it out online. Um, It's going to be a fabulous event. We get into everything, his background, but also how unique this course layout is going to be. It's going to be just unbelievable how they're going to kind of structure the weekend. They talk about he gets into that. Um, All that stuff is towards the end of the episode. Uh, We really just focus on his passion at the beginning, but... um, you know, email us. If you got any questions, go find us at driving life, connect at driving life.com. Enjoy this episode. We'll do a quick recap of the race events over the weekend um, here at the end, but I want to keep this intro pretty short because we, we carry on for a long time. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of, there's a lot going on info here. So I want you guys to get right into this episode. So enjoy it guys. Look forward to talking to you next week. Take care of each other. Love each other. And we'll see you soon. All right, guys, welcome back to driving life. This week, man, got a really special guest. Um, I'm super excited about this event. Uh, we got Mr. Jason Rittenberry from the Music City Grand Prix. Um, that's going to be in my hometown next August. It's the IndyCar race in 2021. Jason, how you doing today, man?
2: I'm good, buddy. I'm doing great. Just happy to be here, man. I am. Yeah, super, we're happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to be here <laughs> and
0: uh, get a chance to talk to you. And um, man, I know we're going to get into this event a little bit later, but. What we do in driving life, we kind of go back to everybody's past. And I know you've done a lot of stuff at different t- facilities and, and motorsports. But, I mean, where did your – I mean, we always ask, start with this question, but where did your passion start for motorsports? Because you, you drive a really cool truck, too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> My kids would love that.
2: I do have a cool truck. Well, yeah, But I was never a racer, never a driver, uh, never really interested on the you know, driving side. A racing side. My passion has always been for the event side, for promoting events, uh, creating events, and you know, really just creating something that people have a good time and enjoy themselves and is entertaining. Uh, I just so happen to enjoy doing that in motorsports with loud cars and fast cars versus stick and ball sports or something else.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I mean, you kind of gravitated towards motorsports. Was there something younger? I mean, in your days of like, hey, I want to do some events, but uh, was there a car that kind of got your interest early on in your Or years? an event, yeah. yeah I mean, an another event, event that
2: yeah. you attended that was like, oh, I need to do this. Yeah, it's, it's actually weird. It's uh, I never set out to work in motorsports. I never set out to – I was a fan. I grew up a NASCAR fan. I grew up a dirt track fan. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Clarksville, very close to here. Oh, yeah. So Saturday, the dirt track, Saturday right. night, Clarksville Speedway. Yeah. yeah, I went there as a child and grew up a NASCAR fan. I was always a Dale Earnhardt fan. I've uh, been a junior fan after that, and so it's, uh, you know, I never set out to work in the industry. I never set out to work in even events, really. Uh, I went to school for law. I mean, I've got <laughs> yeah. criminal justice, political science, and English, so I'm using you're, ve- very little of, I was of say, what I went to school you're for.
1: I to a little bit on the flip side. Not really the flip side of that, but that's not where you ended up. <laughs> that is not
2: where I ended up at all. I do read a lot of contracts these days, so... Well, there you go. So that's, that's where it comes uh, in. That's paid off well throughout right. my career, is having... <laughs> Having that degree, yeah, having time. that background
1: pays yeah. off in that respect.
2: So no, it's uh, it's actually funny how I got started in the business. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead to your questions,
0: but no, you're good, you know, man.
2: If, if that's where we're headed, yeah, man, we'll just dive right in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was working in the wireless industry, so you know, through college, I sold cell phones. Mm-hmm. And I say working in the wireless industry, that means. I was selling cell phones at the mall.
0: In the little uh, kiosk. <laughs> in the kiosk? No, we, were in a, we were in a real store. <laughs> wasn't. It wasn't that bad in the kiosk <laughs> like, in the middle of the mall by taller. Auntie Anne's. But,
2: <laughs> right. Uh, but it, it, it was at least a real store in the mall. But way back then, in those days, I was working for Cellular One. Uh, yeah. Sure. That was back in the, we had Cellular One in Bell South, and that was it. But back then, I worked my way through college, really, for a couple of years, selling cell phones at the mall while I was in school. And then uh, when I graduated, again, I had you know criminal justice, criminology degree. Uh, my plan was to go to law school, but when I graduated, decided four more years of school does not sound fun to me. So I uh, didn't want to you know, go back to school after that, so yeah. I just continued working in, in that industry. And uh, when I graduated, they offered me full-time position. So I stayed in, in the wireless world for a couple of years. Uh, and really that's how I got involved with racing. Uh, I, I went from Sailor one to Nextel yep. and during Nextel's heyday yep. yeah. in, in NASCAR, I was opening up the Memphis market with the Nextel and we were a sponsor at the track, at the NASCAR track. They at had,
0: Memphis Motorsports Park.
2: At Memphis Motorsports Park. Yep. Yes. So we were a sponsor there and I was in just meeting with those folks and found out they had a job available uh, and I thought, man, this seems like a pretty cool world to work yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. It's be better than selling cell phones. So I applied and went to work, and uh, I started there at 25 years old as the director of sales and marketing. Uh, that was the position they had available at the time. Um, it was owned by Dover Motorsports, so Dover owns Dover. At that time, they had yeah. Nashville, St. Louis, Nashville uh, yeah. Super yeah. Speedway here, uh, yeah. St. Louis, Memphis, and Long Beach. So we had all those, all those yeah. races at that time. And, uh, you know, six weeks later, after I started, the plane showed up from Delaware one day on a Tuesday unannounced and all the oh executives boy. walked in the front door and I'm like, Hmm, somebody's getting fired today. <laughs> 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 What's going on? Fortunate for me, it was not me. I was going to say, yeah, that's uh, was a
0: former guest that we've had on, on that plane. Uh, no, that was before, his before time. His time. Okay. that was before his time. That was before his time. His predecessor
2: Jerry Maraglia was there. Okay, uh, but it was Dennis McGlynn, Jerry Maraglia, Mark Rossi, all those guys from Dover walked in, and uh, it was not my last day, but it was the vice president general manager's last day, so he was no longer employed, and for some unknown reason, those guys thought I would do a good job. I was going to say,
1: did, so did you? You didn't get fired. You got promoted,
2: and, and they offered me the uh, job. So nice. I am. This is uh, 2000. I'm 25 years old, six weeks experience in the business as director of sales <laughs> and marketing. Like,
0: into motorsports. In motorsports. <laughs> right.
2: And now I'm the vice president and general manager of a NASCAR track. And we have our first truck race in, I don't know, less than a month, a month.
0: Yeah, because at that time, and you could. It was a June your, race then. Yeah, you had races. the truck, maybe a bush race. Dra- drag race drag racing was going on there too is that yeah. right yeah. yeah we had nhra yeah
2: we had uh we had the dirt track so we yeah, were the racing dirt track, the dirt yeah. track on friday night yeah so this uh, wasn't
0: like a small facility i've got uh, down this, this there this was yeah, was <laughs> like big, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah it's
2: 1400 acres it's yeah. uh it's a nascar oh, wow. three-quarter mile nascar track uh very similar to richmond uh it had a dirt track uh three-eighth mile dirt track and an nhra drag strip and a road course so it had a little bit of everything, wow, yeah? and yep. we had, you know, three hundred plus events a year. So it, you know, I say the NASCAR race was coming up, but we had, you know, forty events between that day and the NASCAR race. So, uh, so that's how I got started in the business. I thought it'd be cool to sell stuff and sell sponsorships for NASCAR and NHRA and work at the racetrack in Memphis. And six weeks later, I'm running it. <laughs> yeah here we go <laughs> so you know I've asked Dennis McGlynn many times since that day not real sure what you were thinking Why? But, I'm, but I'm glad that you saw something in me and I appreciate that and I thank him you know uh, it used to be a ritual I don't do it every year now because he's retired and I don't <laughs> really want to bother him all the time but every year I called him on his birthday and and I would just ask him every year think of any other reasons this year why you gave me that opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I was 25 years old. I made a lot of mistakes and did a lot of things wrong. And that's how you learn? I learned. Yeah. I mean, I had to learn. Yeah. I learned quickly. Uh, you know, fortunately for me, I had a good support base around me, some good leadership there at the track that had been there a long time. All right. Uh, and I hired some more.
1: I, I well, that's what you do, right? You lean into your, your support. Yeah. That's what they're there for.
2: some new people in and, and just so thankful that, that we had the group that we had at Dover. Dennis McGlynn primarily, uh, and then later on, a few years later, Mike Tatoyan, he was mm-hmm. a mentor, and, and, you know, he was new to motorsports as well. So, uh, you know, he wasn't some seasoned veteran for motorsports that came in. So I was fairly new, So, but but I had more experience than him when he started in, in right. Nova, and Dover, <laughs> yeah. and he was my boss. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, But Dennis was very, very, you know, uh, just like a father figure to me during that time when I was young and, and just started in the business, and well, he was very patient with me. I would say that.
1: And how important is that to have good mentorship? You know, when you're, especially when you're in a new industry and you are in a very important position within the industry, it's critical to have a solid mentorship that believes in you and is going to guide you along the way.
2: Absolutely, one hundred percent. With without Dennis. Uh, and a few others, uh, including Jim McElian at Long Beach. You know, he was he was probably one that would always answer the call and help me and answer the questions and try to guide me in the right direction. Uh, and you know, there's times I didn't always listen to him and did my own thing, and you know, a lot of times I regretted it. But sometimes it worked out. Uh, but again, you know, they were very fortunate with me, and they saw something in me. And really, what they needed was they needed someone local to Memphis. Right. You know, I wasn't yeah. born and raised there, but I'd been there for you know, six, seven years. All through college, and then the few years after, and uh, my wife at the time was was from there, born and raised there, and her, you know, everybody knew her family, and uh, so I had a lot of connections right. in in the community. I, I, you know, was well established in that community through the, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, the Sports Authority, the, you know, all all of those areas that the track needed someone embedded, yeah. right? And yep. you know that that's not a position, especially in you know. I don't want to stereotype the South, but especially in the South, Dover really couldn't send somebody in and, you know, be successful in, in a market like that at that time in, in Memphis. It was, you know, for that track to be successful, it needed somebody that, you know, had those relationships right. that, you know, could talk to the people and, you know, build the track and, and build the following.
1: And build the relationships. And
2: build the relationships. Yeah. And so really that's what they saw. I mean, they knew I could sell. You knew I could bring sponsorship and dollars and promote uh, and marketing, because they had seen that from the Nextel side. And uh, and then they, they knew that they could build or teach everything else that I needed to, to run that facility. And so it was very fortunate. Uh, I spent 10 years with them. I was so going to say, how it, long? It, 10 years? It worked out. It worked out for them. worked out <laughs> for me. I uh, spent 10 years with them there at Dover. And, you know, to be honest, if if the track hadn't closed, who knows? I may still be there today. Right. You know, that, that was one of those opportunities that I could have spent a career at. Uh, but unfortunately with the, you know the, the tough times we had in 2008 yep uh, Dover had to make some tough decisions in 9, 10 and 11 and uh, we were the first of the three.
0: So. I was gonna say the Super Speedway was probably right behind they were that. third well, that was yeah as
2: yeah, I was yeah. saying it was St. Louis was St. Louis was 10th, so we were nine yeah. we closed at the end of '09. Uh, so I spent 10 full seasons there uh, and then end of 2009 they closed Memphis. Uh, St. Louis made it one more year. To twenty ten, and then Nashville another year twenty eleven. So, at the end of those three years in twenty eleven, they they didn't have any standalone tracks uh, other than Dover.
0: Right. So you go from Memphis to yeah. uh, what's the next?
2: Palm Beach, Florida. Talk about culture show. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I've been to that. I've been oh, I've been on Memphis too, but I've been on that track too. From <laughs> from
2: Memphis to Palm, Palm Beach, Beach, Florida. Yeah, yep, that a little bit, little bit different. A little bit different. Uh, was it Moroso
0: at the time or was uh, it, uh... The,
2: the group that, that owned it had just bought it from Sue Moroso. Okay. Right. So that was an interesting story again, you know, a, a group of, you know, wealthy road racers in Palm beach who liked road racing and to bring their toys out and play. Uh, and Sue Moroso who owned it was drag racing yeah. in her blood. I mean, that mm-hmm. drag racing family, right. uh, and she wouldn't repave the road course. No, she wouldn't. She wouldn't wouldn't make any improvements (laughs) to the road course. And so these guys said, you know what? We'll just buy it. And they did. They bought it from her, uh, bulldozed the entire place, uh, and started Started from scratch. Uh, You know, good and bad. Good that they started from scratch. Bad that they didn't have it all planned out when they started. Uh, Bad that they started with, you know, a bunch of guys that were – Amateur road racers, extremely smart, very smart business people. Right. But amateur road racers never ran a, ven- a venue or a facility or yeah. promoted an event in their life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the or track.
0: Designed to, or designed to track. Yeah. The track
2: is fabulous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they spent the money on the track yeah. and the track is great. But, oh, and you know, you've been there. So yeah. the track is great. But once you come off the track, <laughs> That's
0: there's about not, it there's
2: not much there.
0: there.'s not there's not much paddock area or space. Yeah. there's
2: not much paddock there's <laughs> yeah. not much there's no permanent buildings it's tents and trailer yeah. city uh, So they had just purchased that track and we're looking for a president and CEO and you know I've had so many opportunities in my life that were the timing was just everything and again this was another one of those that timing was right when I started in Memphis. Uh, you know, I was talking to him about a sponsorship and ended up taking a job again. This, I had been in Palm beach in 2008. So a headhunter reached out to me about this opportunity, this position, uh, because what they were trying to do in Palm beach with a multi-track facility, with all the different types of events they were looking to do, uh, they were looking to build an amphitheater originally. and, And I had some experience through my time in Memphis and, and, uh, and concerts. I actually had a, my own company outside the racetrack that I promoted concerts, and so I think when they started reaching out to people in the industry, my name kept popping up. Um, and I was at Memphis. I'd been there at that time nine years, yeah. uh, and this headhunter called me, and I said, "You know what? I'm, you know, not really looking for a job. I'm happy here. Been here nine years, and not really interested. But uh, you know, when a headhunter offers you a trip to Palm Beach, you're like, yeah. okay, yeah." We'll go it's visit. It's worth a conversation. It's worth a conversation. Yeah. Especially if it's January. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's worth a conversation. We'll go check it out. So, never, never say never. So I flew down and met with the guys, and, and it just didn't feel right at that time. And and, and actually, that was 2008. sorry. Yeah, in 2008, it just didn't feel right. You know, I went down and met with them and looked at it. It was almost a blank slate at that time. They hadn't done much construction at all. They were just starting to lay out the track. Uh, and so... You know, we had a conversation, but that's as far as it went. It was one conversation, and and I just said, just don't think this is the right opportunity, guys. I, you know, I've been with this group; they've been great to me. I was going to say, was there I any writing on the here. wall
1: at that point? That none. That, okay, at all. so yeah,
2: none at all. So I had no reason to even right. question it. Uh, I, I, as far as I knew, I was going to be in Dover or, or with Dover Motorsports in Memphis
1: forever, for, foreseeable right.
2: future. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so I turned down that opportunity. I mean, they didn't offer the job yet. We just the first meeting and I just, you know, withdrew and said, I just don't think this is the right opportunity for me. Didn't feel right. And I turned it down. Uh, went back to Memphis, ran a whole another race season, end of 09. Uh, and I promise you this, it is so weird. But five days before we found out, before I got the call from Dover that said, we're closing. Closing up five days before i got an email totally out of the blue hadn't talked to these people in a year almost a year to the day uh, It was actually a year and two days and the reason i know that is because uh, they had to wait a year before they could contact me or they would had to pay that headhunter right so, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so they waited 367 <laughs> days yeah. Yeah. well they didn't have to pay that guy anymore if i responded and talked to them uh, and they sent me an email and they said hey jason know, it's so-and-so at Palm Beach International Raceway. Hope you remember us. Uh, you flew down met with us last year. We, we you know we really thought you were a great candidate, and, and really we feel like you're what we need for this facility. Uh, we hired someone else, and it's not really going the way we had hoped. Uh, is there any way you would reconsider meeting with us? Got the email, opened it, read it. It was flattering. Sure. You know, yeah. made, made you feel good. Right. And, uh, but again... Things were things were tough, but things weren't bad enough in Memphis that I wanted to jump ship uh, at that time. Fast forward five days, get, Could the, get c- another email or call. Get the call. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> jets this time? No jets. Just a phone <laughs> call. <laughs> yeah. No jets. Just a phone call that uh, you know we're, we're going to have to close the track. Uh, and you're not the only one. We're going to be closing the others, but they're going to be later down the road. And you know they were trying to make me feel better, like. Memphis is not the only one closing. It's not all your fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And so it was, you know, again, very, very fortunate for me that I got that email out of the blue. I tell people all the time, I must have been living right then. Um,
1: so is that, so did you even respond to it when you first got it? And then five days later, so five days later, you're like, as it would happen, I may have some availability to come, you know. Didn't reconsider. even say that,
2: <laughs> you know, because yeah. we were, Uh, we were still 30 days at least from making any public announcements. Oh, okay. And so I couldn't share that with them or I couldn't even even want to
0: probably didn't want to, Yeah. even my
2: own staff, I couldn't share with that was the toughest, probably one of the toughest 30 days of my career was knowing that all these people that, you know, I love and care about and worked with for 10 years are are going to lose their job in 30 days, including me. But I know it and they don't. Right. And I can't tell them for 30 days. So that was a long month. But, you know, fortunate for me, um, you know, and and try not to sound like a jerk when I say this, but, you know, I had the opportunity to to line up a new gig. Right. So, you know, immediately I responded that an email. Uh, You know, the next week I was on a plane back down to Palm Beach uh, and was able to negotiate a deal. And had a deal lined up to be the president and CEO of Palm Beach International Raceway. Uh, so the day we announced, uh, the day we announced uh, that we were closing Memphis, 9 a.m. The press release went out that Memphis is closing, and 2 p.m. The press release went out that I was a new president and CEO of Palm Beach International Raceway. And so, you know, looking back on that now, probably should have waited a few days, but Done. those guys were just ready to go, ready to go, ready, right. to, go, ready yeah. to go. And the reason was, you know, and not that this matters, but in, in the world of racing, it does. Uh, IHRA was waiting to release their national event schedule. yeah, uh, And they wanted me to to be included in that announcement and to be able to comment on it and talk about it. And they were holding their schedule for Palm Beach to make this announcement of their new president because they didn't want the old guy talking to, to, about right. this new race
0: yeah that he's that, not going to be a part of yeah but he's yeah. not
2: gonna be a part of and so it was small world but you know IHRA was was holding their entire national event schedule on Palm Beach to announce me as the new president so we kind of needed to do it as quickly to as we could along. yeah so we did uh I just felt bad for you know it kind of made me look like a like a jerk you know yeah you knew about this you had time to allow you a new you gig get, up yeah. and yeah. I guess for the people you know, that you worked so close so with, the people you know, that I worked with it, it and I don't know that nobody's ever said anything to me about it, but for all these years, it's you know, it's made me feel bad. Kind of lives in the back of your mind. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah. It does. You know, it's almost like I'm flaunting. Well, I got a new job. Already got one lined up. Yeah, and I'm moving to Palm Beach. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Good <laughs> luck to y'all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's just how I mean. That's how, I mean. A lot of industries are that way, but especially race teams are. I mean, sometimes you know, if we find out, you know, then you know, some of the crew guys don't know what's getting ready to right. happen, but you're trying to go line another gig up, and it's like. It, it's crushing at times yeah. trying to withhold that information. Yeah. But you're supposed to. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You have to, right. I mean, you're bound. So mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah.
2: So, you know, here we are, this is 2009. I started Palm beach international raceway, moved to Palm beach, loving life, uh, finished the construction on that facility, get the track open. We're up and running, start our new, you know, drag racing program with IHRA We're new IHRA track, made the switch from NHRA to IHRA, uh, And then from there, I'd just start booking events.
1: Uh, Right back into the groove, just doing what you do.
2: Just right back into it. Just, you know, uh, again, multi-purpose, multiple events, you know, two to three tracks running at the same time. There we had a karting track. Yeah, a kart track. Yeah, Kart track, uh, road course, drag strip, and a mud bog. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So on a Saturday, we would have all four running. Saturday, Sunday, all four of those would be running uh, a lot of times. Uh, and, you know, again, very fortunate to be in that role and that opportunity there. Those guys that owned that track were, were very smart business people and visionaries. And uh, their day job, their their primary role was roll-ups. So they bought whatever it may be. One was apartments. One was commercial buildings. One was retail shopping centers. Whatever. They bought them all across the country, rolled them up into one back office, consolidated. And that's... yeah how they made their money. And one day they came in and met with me and said, so how can we apply what we do in our day-to-day job to racing? I'm like, Well, you know, same thing you do. You go out, you buy yeah. facilities, you roll them up into one corporate office and you operate them. Yeah. You know, they're efficient. You run more events with less yeah. staff. You're not having, you know, admin, accounting, HR, Spread IT, across. all of those things at all these tracks, you know, it's, it's just like Dover did, you know, yeah. Dover had all yeah. that in Dover. We had the three four tracks standalone that we had the minimal staff at, but you know, we had support from Dover. So we do it the same way. They said, well, what can we buy? I said, well, you know what? I know a track Memphis. I know a track that I know better than anybody else. And it happens to be for sale. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so we negotiated with Dover, uh, for probably eight, 10 months. Couldn't agree on a price, you know, Dover was trying to hold firm on their price. They had their bottom line and our guys had their top dollar and, you know, we couldn't agree. Uh, and so those guys decided they were going to put it to auction instead of selling it.
1: And this was, this was
2: in 10, 11. This was, uh, probably late 10, early 11. Uh, I think it was, it was freezing in Memphis. So I think it was early 11, maybe January. Okay.
1: So we're still at the, the bottom end of the trough uh, economy wise. Absolutely. At that point.
2: Absolutely. Not a lot of people beat the door down to buy a racetrack. Yeah. Track, yeah no, right. You know? It had been sitting a year, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, with one employee basically right. just to unlock the gate and show it to potential buyers and lock the gate back. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, answer the phone if somebody needs to
0: maintenance wise, nothing's yeah. going on. Yeah. 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 Nothing. Yeah.
2: Nothing. Weeds growing. You know, nothing was going on. So it went to auction. Uh, so we flew up, me and two of the owners flew up and, registered and got our bidder number and started bidding and there how were many
1: how many bidders were there
2: uh you know? to start there were three you know and i knew the other two uh, you know they were both local you know one don't one was a racer and owned a you know car dealership heavy equipment dealership oh, yeah. and you know the other was in the parts business so i knew that not to say they didn't have money but they didn't have What you, you what what I had that we flew up on the private jet with. Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) From Palm Beach.
1: (laughs) There are deep pockets and then there are deeper pockets. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, so we bought it. We bought it at auction. We bought it for, you know, less than I was going to ask you that.
0: (laughs) that. What the original offer was. Yeah.
1: Yes.
2: It was less than what our top dollar was. So our guys worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. Our guys were happy and, you know, uh, and to fast forward through, you know, a lot of this story, not to get that detail on every track that we bought, but over a six year period, uh, I bought five other racetracks. So we ended up with, uh, seven racetracks across the country from Palm beach to Tucson, uh, Texas, quad city, Illinois, Uh, Memphis and Maryland. Okay. So we had them from coast to coast and we had drag racing, dirt track, road racing, karting. We had a little bit of everything. Uh, and then in the the middle of that, before I bought the last two tracks, uh, I negotiated with Feld entertainment, uh, to purchase the IHRA. So we owned, so we had seven racetracks, the IHRA, the sanctioning body, their two national event touring series. Uh, a print magazine, uh, and then in the middle of all that, I created a, a production company to do our own television. So we had IHRA Productions. So we had the TV trucks and cameras, and, you know, we did our own shows. Clay Milliken, Drag Racer, was, yeah. was our was our host. You know, Clay lived 15 minutes from my track in Memphis, so we grew up. Oh, yeah. I grew up in the business with Clay. Uh, and so, you know, Clay was an NHRA racer but passed seven-time IHRA champion, so he was racing in HRA, but hosting our IHRA <laughs> national <laughs> event TV shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: no conflict there. No. Well, which I mean, there really isn't. But
2: yeah, nah, it worked out fine. Uh, so that was a you know a great six year run. I spent six years with those guys. We built that company up from where I started. It was, uh, you know, let's say two million dollars in revenue when I got there and started it and built it the first year with the, just that one racetrack. And we ended up uh, the last year before we sold it. Uh, in 2015, uh, we did about 47 million dollars in revenue, and so we grew that significantly yeah. over, over that six years. Uh, grew the IHRA, uh, had some great events at that time, uh, and then our guys sold it to private equity. You know, that's uh, not not one of the my favorite memories of my career is. You know, I knew I was doing the right thing for those guys and maybe the right thing for the company or maybe not the right thing for the company. I I didn't really know, but, you know, I was doing what I was tasked with. And I was tasked with, okay, we've built this thing up. We've generated the revenue. Time 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 for us to make money. Cash out. Time to cash out while it's doing well. Right. And so I spent, you know, a year and a half, almost two years, negotiating with different uh, private equity groups. Uh, You know, I, I spent way too much time in New York, Not a fun time of my life, really, because, you know, I'm a passionate guy about, you know, events and live events and races and promoting events and being with the racers and the fans and, you know, down in the dirty. Uh, Yeah.
0: And now you're trying to, like...
2: And I'm in a suit on a private jet going to New York every week. Yeah. You know.
0: Trying to sell this off.
2: Trying to sell this off. Yeah. Uh, But we got it done. Uh, We sold it uh, to TPG, which is a huge private equity firm. They bought it, closed the deal. Uh, and the worst part about all of it was I knew the whole time that I was negotiating on behalf of these owners and I was going to get them a great deal. But in the end, I was negotiating myself out of a job. Right. Because anytime private equity buys anything yeah, and takes over, people. they're bringing their own guy in. Sure. And yeah. I knew that regardless of what they told me and how many times they told me through the negotiations, yeah. you're our guy, you're our guy. Yeah. We're, we're going to, you know, we're going to buy it. We're going to let you run it for how many weeks? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Six weeks. So, <laughs> train the new guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah train, train yeah, the new guy. Exactly. Train the yeah. new How guy. How long so. will it take you to get
0: him up to speed? Yeah. J- Jason, before we leave that, you may remember, because I've been down there, and I've done some stuff for Brayman Porsche. Yeah, in absolutely. Area, and, uh, and this artist, you may remember, we did an event down there, and they had Pitbull. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I, this is before he was anybody. Absolutely. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, flat, you know, go like three or four years later, he's like, massive massive now it's like but they did an event that i was there for Porsche north america to kind of facilitate and uh and they're like oh yeah we got pit bulls singing tonight i'm like who is that i
2: I believe that was during my time we did a lot of those Porsche north america events
0: yeah i was down there a lot for that stuff i've still got jackets
2: from those events
0: so
1: did you ever not to segue too far away either from our conversation but did you ever well like Driving a car, did it matter what you drove every day to work? Or or was that not something? Because for me, it's like, that's where I live, right? In my car. So, you know, it kind of had to be something cool, which my Volkswagen Jetta doesn't actually fit that bill now. But we won't go (laughs) down that road.
2: I I mean, I wanted something cool. It was never a sports car. Oh, okay. I was never a sports car guy. You know, I mean, my size, I can't really fit in them very well.
1: Yeah, you and me both.
2: Uh, (laughs) But I've never really had a sports car. I mean, my 10 years I spent in Memphis – I drove a Tahoe. I mean, yeah, that was back in the days when everybody got cars. Got new Tahoe every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the deal. Yeah, on the deal. Those, those days are gone. gone. <laughs> yeah. Every year, Thanksgiving. That was what I did. Thanksgiving week before I went on holiday. I got online. I built my new Tahoe for the next year because <laughs> that's literally what we could do in those days. You would go onto Chevy's du- yeah. Chevy's website. What do you want? Build what you want with every color, every feature, every down to the wheels of what you wanted on their website save it print it off and
1: go pick it up when it was ready.
2: No, you didn't have to do that. They brought them oh, to they brought us. Yeah, they <laughs> so trucked them in. Yeah, They trucked them in. So <laughs> yeah. at that time we were getting, I don't know, like 11 cars in Memphis. So we sent our order in before, literally before we went on Thanksgiving holiday, we sent our order in and January the hauler shows up from Detroit, rolls all the new ones off. They roll the old ones <laughs> on and <laughs> yeah. we roll them in the shop and start decaling them. Yeah. You know, so, so I drove a Tahoe. Drove a Tahoe the whole time in Memphis. Nothing wrong with that. No. Moved to Palm Beach. You know, had to had to clash it up a little. Went to an Escalade in Palm Beach. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same you vehicle. I went to an Escalade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then now, you know, it's my favorite vehicle ever. I've ever had. Yeah.
1: Well, I just love it. You know, when you 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 pull up and uh, you know, you, there's it's a Roush, right? So there's yep. some exhaust going on. I'm like, okay, this guy. We're on the same page here. Yeah. That's like, that's how we uh when I
2: pulled up in the parking lot they were like oh that that's him. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that was what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can hear me coming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I do love that Roush. The F150 is it's my favorite. Yeah, well, that's
0: um well, you're driving a Ford today? I am. I've got a Chevy too. It's 35, not a I got a 3500 dually, but then I am driving my old <laughs> F150 but, but I knew Jack I knew Jack Jr pretty well, so he'd okay. be he'd be proud. So yeah. I so, I uh,
1: yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So, back to our conversation here. So, are we moving along to where we're at today? or we, one more stop. What do what'd we do in between? There's, no,
0: there's a big stop, I think. There's a big stop. And it's a big stop, and it's probably, yeah. We yeah. want to dive into this one a little bit, because yeah, I've, I've, I've been to this trip. Yeah, it's
2: a big stop. Yeah. Uh, so, we sold the company to private equity, and before it was even announced publicly, uh, so let me back up a little. Before we sold the company, uh, we were... And I don't think I'm sharing anything that I shouldn't be sharing here. We were, we were in discussions to do one of two things. One, we were either going to sell the company or we were going to buy other things and grow it significantly. And so we were in discussions with other tracks. And one of those happened to be the place that I went to next. And so I had a relationship with the owner there through those discussions. You know, can't say how far those discussions got, but we had discussions uh, and so I had that relationship. So before it was ever announced publicly, uh, I was, uh, I had moved back here to Nashville. So I was living in Nashville at that time. Uh, and then literally we had, we hadn't even closed the deal yet. I mean, it was, it was agreed to, but you know, a couple of weeks of lawyers, you know, right, it, it yeah. was, uh, the transaction hadn't taken place yet. So we, we were still, still private. Uh, and I get a phone call. From, from Bobby Epstein, the, the owner at Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Uh, and Bobby said, hey, heard y'all got sold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I said, really?
1: How did you hear that? That's not.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's a bond trader. He runs yeah. in those circles in New yeah. York. So, you know, he's in the know. I said, yeah, we did. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I know I'm going to be gone. So I'm not going to be there. Not really going to be my choice. I would like to right. stay, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Probably just going to take some time, enjoy the summer with my kids, and you know, figure it out in next year, which would have been 2016. So let me figure it out next year. He said, "Well, we really need you out here." I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah. We, uh, you know, we need somebody with motorsports background and." Once I thought about it, it made a lot of sense because they had a lot of executives and they had a lot of upper-level management people, but really not a lot for motorsports. Yeah, actually. actually, no one from, with significant motorsports background. Some had worked at a track, uh, but they really, really didn't have anybody with, with significant background. And so he said, would you consider coming to talk to us? I said, sure. Yeah, why not? We look at some flights over the next couple, couple of weeks, and he said, no. How about Friday? <laughs> like now. Yeah, this was like Tuesday.
0: You're like I wanted to spend the summer. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So well, I will look at some flights and see if I can get there on Friday. He said, like, "No. We'll take care of that."
0: Oh, another jet? Yeah. We'll send the jet. <laughs> we'll
2: send the jet for you. And so that's how it happened. Uh, you know, they, you know, I flew out to flew out to Austin had dinner with Bobby and and uh, Red McCombs and his, you know, his CFO and all the guys that were in the know and operating that track. And really what they needed was they needed someone with a motorsports background and they needed to decide what events they were going to keep, what events they were going to add, uh, and if they were going to keep them, how they were going to renegotiate them. So this was 2015. They opened in 2012. All of their sanction agreements were three-year deals.
0: Ooh. Yeah, because I think at the time we were under Grand M. I I think – yeah. when we were there, yep. which would have been 13, I think, is the last, and then it turned into IMSA. But.
2: Yep. So they were all three year 12, 13, 14, or some of them were 13, 14, 15. Um, but either way, most all of them were up and needed to be renegotiated mm-hmm. with sanctioning bodies. And they had really no one there that really had negotiated sanction agreements. Uh, and so they did have a need so basically, we, we agreed to a deal, and I said, "Guys, I can't move here. You know, I've just moved my family. You know, we're, my family's in all, in, in Nashville. Uh, we literally had just moved from Palm Beach to Nashville. You know, I, my my wife at the time, ex-wife now, but at the time, I'd just gotten a new job here in Nashville." Uh, The kids were starting school. Is that what brought
0: you here? I mean, is her job, I guess. Well, I mean,
2: she was working in Nashville, really, from home in in Palm Beach. So she could have continued doing that. But we knew when we sold this company that I was not going to be there anymore. And we did not want to be in Palm Beach. Right. Yeah, Palm Beach looking for a job in motorsports. Yeah. Probably not ideal. Not that Nashville was ideal at that time.
0: It's just a great town. Uh, but it's, it's home. Yeah, It's
2: home, yeah. Both sets of grandparents are in Tennessee. Hers in Memphis, mine in Clarksville. So really, you know, we needed to be back in Tennessee. And so we yeah. made the decision to move back to Nashville because her company was here. Uh, so she, we moved back here. She went to work, back in the office instead of from home. Uh, and, you know, had dinner with those guys, and they said, this is what we need. I said, I can help you with all that. Not a problem. Uh, What's the job? They said, we don't care. You know, Create it.
1: Create. Yeah, make it up.
2: Write your your job description and present to us what, you know, what you think, how how you'd like to structure it. And so I did, you know, flew back home and I researched and read and thought about titles and job description and and wrote out. Basically, I, you know, took the notes of what they said they needed help with and put that on a job description, said, this is going to be my job. This is what I'm going to do. And I created the job. So I'm the chief strategy officer of Circuit of the Americas uh, over... Pretty much every department in the track, uh, from a racing standpoint, and have zero employees. So it was fa- just it, you. It yeah, was fantastic. Yeah, right. I, and had, I can live in Nashville. I <laughs> had no one reporting to me. Uh, I report to Bobby, and I do what he needs me to do from from a sanctioning body standpoint and race and event, you know, perspective. Obviously, there was lots of other things, that, job details uh, that I did while I was there, but primarily that. That's what I did. And so I flew to Austin uh, every week for almost two years, a uh, year and eight months or so. I flew out every week, Monday or Sunday, typically, and back on Thursday or Friday. Uh, my kids were here. I was flying back and forth, lived in a condo downtown. Mm-hmm.
1: and That takes a toll.
2: It took a toll. Uh, it did, but I loved it, actually, from a from a career standpoint, from, from getting the experience that I got there because it was totally different from most everything I had ever done. Uh it was a lot more high brow than right. Memphis and right. while it was from an you know an event perspective, it was much greater than what I had in Palm Beach. It was still the similar type of racing. Uh but there's no comparison obviously between the two facilities and the venues. Oh gosh, no. And to yeah. work with, with Formula One.
1: I was gonna say that's world class.
2: World-class. Not that it was an enjoyable experience with, with Formula One at that time, which I've, I hear it's different now. But was at that, that when Stone was, was in? Bernie was still, still there. there. Yeah. Bernie was still running everything, made every decision. Uh, so that wasn't a fun time dealing with that. Yeah. But it was great experience. So to get to work with uh, the sanctioning bodies and groups that I'd – a lot of them I'd never worked with before. Uh, m would never worked with before. WEC obviously not – MotoGP no and Formula 1 no. So all of those groups you know was were, were great to get to work with and, and learn and uh, and really fulfilled all levels of motorsports for me. So if you look back at my career from a dirt track in Memphis to Formula, Formula 1, the it, US Grand Prix in Circuit of the Americas and I've promoted everything in between in between yeah. every type of motorsports that you can think of uh, i think the only thing i haven't done is boat racing
0: mm. yeah. just cuz there had not been a lake on the tracks yeah. you- right <laughs> yeah. but but yeah, otherwise, at the same facility yeah
2: every other form of motorsports you know including you know monster trucks and arena cross sure. and you know i've did all of those things demolition derbies Yeah.
0: Austin had the X Games at one time too, did yeah. we? Had the X Games, yeah. Uh,
2: we did flat track Harley in Austin. Oh, cool! Yeah, I mean, we just we did everything. And you brought
0: we, all that
1: in? Was that all? Uh, no, I mean, not did, all of it. I it didn't but. bring
2: mo, most of it. Was already there. Oh, okay, you know, I brought a few things there, but most of it was already there. Uh, and some of my relationships, I brought some events there, some little things. I mean, I brought Hot Rod Power Tour there that never would have gone oh, yeah. to Austin, Texas. They go to drag strips primarily, but. I had a relationship with them. I hosted Hot Rod Power Tour. I always wanted to do almost the power every tour. other year. Yeah, uh, they still do it, Memphis. don't they? Do They yeah. still do. It? Oh they yeah,
0: do. yeah, they think they still do. They that. They do. Yeah. So little things. Might like have to do that, that one of
2: these years. You know, I brought those things in, but nothing yeah. major. Uh, I secured the events that they had and, and renewed those. Uh, the only thing major that I would say that that I did while I was there, from a from an event standpoint, is uh, I did start the negotiations with IndyCar. Uh, hmm. To bring IndyCar to Dakota. so I'm the one that made the first call, the initial call to IndyCar uh, back in 2015. Said, hey guys, you know we know it's a, it's a, a long road and we've got some challenges. Uh, we know Texas Motor Speedway and the issues there. What can we do to get a race here? Uh, and I don't know Owen if you know Steven Starks at all. I don't. Uh, but Stephen was the promoter relations guy at IndyCar, and when I called him back in 2015. Uh, that was his first week on the job. And I didn't know that. I called <laughs> yeah. him and, and they said, yeah, Stephen Starks is who you need to talk to now. I'm like, okay, great. So I talked to Stephen. I had no idea that was his first week on the job. He never told me that until recently. And then Stephen just left IndyCar a few weeks ago. Uh, and his last bit of business at IndyCar before leaving was to sign our Music City oh, Grand Prix event. Yeah. So, That's pretty cool. You know, I tell yeah. I tell Steven I was the bookends to his yeah, career exactly. at IndyCar. <laughs> yeah. I was the first call. He said, You're the first call I got in this new role. I, you, literally you're the first call. And so I was the first call and again the last bit of business and the last event that he did and wrapped up before he left IndyCar and so that was you know, that was kind of cool. You know, motorsports is just such a small business. Yeah. Uh, small it world. Is. Uh, not small business, but small world. It's all the same people, uh, and you know your name, your reputation is really all that you have in this in this business. And you know, especially from a promoter, or a venue, or you know that standpoint. Yeah, you know, everybody knows everybody, and they yeah. see what you do. And... Absolutely, and I'm sure it's the same. Owen, on the yeah. racer side, that you get a reputation, and you know, once that's hard to change. And so it is. Yeah, uh, it's the same thing with promoters and racetrack operators. Uh, you know, and that's really fast forward to now. And that's, I think one of the reasons why we were, we were able to get this event uh, finalized and secured here uh, in Nashville.
0: Yeah. Because this has been going, I mean, I'm going to go back to CODA just quick. And I just have an observation just from racing there for a lot of years. Um, in IMSA, you know, grand dam to IMSA to world challenge, which I did last year. Um, some races in world challenge that love that series. Um, yeah. I had a good time. Uh, I mean, IMSA has been my primary gig, but um Still spent some time at World Challenge, um, occasionally. That the fan base at Austin always seemed to struggle, and I, I mean I'm not bashing, and this is not, but what were you think were some of the challenges there to try to draw fans to that track? I mean, it did for the Formula One, yeah, absolutely. But it seemed like anything else was just a struggle to get people there to see it, because I think once they got there, then they could see how great that facility is.
2: Yeah, well, I think Austin itself as a market is not a racing town. I mean, it is right. a, yeah. uh, I mean, it's a music and, you know, it's hipsters. It it's is, not yeah. racers.
0: Because we were there one year on South by uh, Southwest. I'm yeah. like, why, why are we here this weekend? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th-
2: like. those, that city, they're, they're, that town are, is not a racing demographic. Yeah. It is an artsy, liberal, uh, hipster. Yeah. Uh, not, not, that there's anything so wrong with that. No, no, yeah, yeah, but there's but nothing it's not, there. It's yeah. not a racing demographic. There's not a lot of people that live in Austin that are following motorsports. Go, yeah. uh, I think they went to Formula One because it, of of the level of event that it was, mm-hmm. and they most of the local probably could care less about the racing. They went because it was an event to be seen at, to be seen at, yeah. uh, and that's one of the things we're trying to do here in Nashville. But uh, I think that is. That's the reason why they struggled so much there is to get fans. They had to bring them from outside of, of Austin. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the events that we had were just not of the level that could draw those people in, that they weren't going to travel for. They would travel for Formula One.
1: Right. They would
2: travel for MotoGP. Um, but Grand Am, World Challenge.
0: Yeah, at WC. they weren't WC, really. WEC, they yeah.
2: had no idea what that even was. Yeah. You know. Uh, internationally, it's huge, right? But nobody in the U.S. even knows what WC is. No, and, and unless you got, you're a die-hard motorsports fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and,
0: and I don't know the ins and outs of it, and you probably do a little bit more. But the track was already built when you went to work there. That was there a reason that are these guys local to Austin is, yeah. is that why they wanted to build it in Austin? Is yeah. that the reason? Okay, because this they is, is a, I mean, don this facility is off the charts. It it is. No, I've oh, always wanted to go. I've just never I've never been. It, but it's great it's on my bucket
2: list yeah. it is absolutely unbelievable he yeah. did a fantastic job building
1: it oh, I remember when they were building it the documentaries facility. that were made and yeah how the effort that went into creating the environment mm-hmm. not just the track yeah but the whole facility
2: yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it's uh it's, it's, it's a phenomenal facility uh, but to answer your question Owen yes the, the owners uh, Bobby Epstein is there in Austin he lives there that's his home uh, He was a Formula One fan. Uh, and wanted to build it and wanted to bring formula one to Texas and got the state support to do it. Uh, Red McCombs, the other investor that that built it, not sure what Red's level of involvement is today, but at at the time I was there, he was heavily involved. And, and I know he was, uh, a huge partner in in getting it built. Uh, but he's in San Antonio. So just a little South of South of Austin. But so that was their, you know, that was their home base and their market and, uh, Great location for the track, you know it works well with the airport and oh, the city oh, yeah. and the things to do there. So on a race weekend, it works great if the people are there. But non-major race weekends, there's nobody coming to events.
0: Yeah, so it's a um, you need to check that facility out. Yeah, so, well, sorry, I just had some questions to ask about it because I figured you'd know. I mean, any questions you, you want? Yeah, about that. But um I guess we can move forward because I'm super excited. Oh, about I was going to say, this, yeah, we then. need to. So I, I, I had a meeting.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm ready for
2: this. Sorry we talked so long about how no, 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 we no. got to this
1: point. This is what That's driving all right, life's all about. Yeah,
0: I mean, we want to know This is the, this your is background why we do and, it. and your passion. And now we kind of see the event side because yeah. we know what Nashville can, can throw. Because I remember getting an email from Mike Gillespie and Matt Cruz. And Mike Gillespie, you know, we're going to have him on the podcast here at some point. Just to, He's passionate about everything around here. Um, that they were trying to get this event off the ground. I'm not sure if you were involved at the time. This was maybe – Four or five years ago, um, it was a meeting downtown, and this was, ai don't want to say a dream, but, hey, this is where we're trying to head. Emsa right. was on the mark, or IndyCar, and I was like, man, this would be great if we can kind of get this going and, you know, kind of bring us up to speed how you got involved with it and, and where we are today.
2: Yeah, so Matt, uh, this was Matt's idea, Matt's dream. Matt Matt Cruz was the guy who really wanted to make this event happen. You know, Matt's a local Nashville native uh, and our CEO but he he's the one that came up with this idea. Uh, and at the time he partnered up with, you know, an, another group earlier on for this, this venture. Uh, and, and I think that's the meeting you're referring to. Owen yeah. was, was, that was about four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was still in Austin at that time. I was working in Austin. I was familiar with the event and knew Matt, Matt and I knew each other from back in my Memphis days when he was, you know, Bruco and then Baker curb. Yep. Uh, so we knew each other obviously from the NASCAR days. But he was working with another group. Uh, some other folks were involved. And, uh, you know, they just weren't able to get it done. Uh, there were s- several obstacles and not to any fault of their own. Uh, but they weren't able to get it done at that time. Uh, and so, you know, fast forward about a year, year and a half or so later after that initial meeting, uh, when it, you know, that, that meeting kicked it off and they went through, you know, probably a year of planning and meetings. And, and then, you know, it just didn't happen. And I think they got to the point where they they felt like it wasn't going to happen and and they moved on. Uh, And then I left Austin, uh, came back here to Nashville, uh, which I was still living here, just working in Austin, but (laughs) came came home, uh, started my own company uh, in production world uh, and really teamed up with Matt and started these discussions again. Uh, And then so again – uh, for the second time, I made that call to Steven Starks. <laughs> said, "Hey, man, got an idea? <laughs> I got another race for you." <laughs> he was like, "Well, yeah, we've already we've already had those discussions." I'm like, "Well, I know you have." Is
0: me back up here? Is this pre NFL draft or post?
2: Pre. Okay, this was pre NFL draft. I,
0: you know where I'm going with this? Absolutely. If, yeah. yeah,
2: absolutely. This was pre NFL draft. Okay, uh, but Stephen took the call and we chatted and we talked and I said, "You yeah, know, it's a different group." You know, I understand it was a different group before. Matt's the only one still involved now. Uh, I've joined him, and we've added a third person. We've got Chris Parker in now. So Chris Parker was, you know, at the time, uh, he had been at Bridgestone Arena here. He was a chief marketing revenue officer at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, did the naming rights deal for the building with Bridgestone, and so had ties into motorsports and mm-hmm. had, had worked uh, really many places across the country. But, again, a seasoned sports venue veteran. Yeah, and so the three of us paired up uh, in 2016, late 2016, early 2017. Uh, so really 2017, yeah, because 2016 is when the first initial meeting happened. So this was 2017. Uh, we got together. I made that call to Stephen, and we started down this path uh, that's allowed us to here three years later.
1: So let me ask you, you know, Jason, does this the difference between before and I know there, you know, some things probably changed, whatever. How much of that can you chalk up to the relationships that you've established over your years in the business? Would, did, did that make a difference, do you think?
2: I would like to think so. I, I would uh, have to assume and, so. And I, <laughs> I mean, and I, and I think Matt would agree with that, and Chris would agree with that. So I'm not saying anything that, you know, not trying to toot my own horn by any means, but I, I think those guys would agree that, you know, they didn't have those relationships. Right. You know, Matt has been to motorsports. Uh, but not in road racing. You've been in NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, and we weren't trying to get a NASCAR race. Right. Uh, so we were trying to get an IndyCar race. Uh, and a street race. And a street race. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and a street race. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I would absolutely say that I think my relationships, uh, my reputation, uh, the things that I had accomplished through my career uh, opened those doors for us uh, and allowed us to get to, to this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would – I have to agree. I'm a, I'm, we talk about it all the time that relationships are, are huge. Uh, you know, building them and fostering them and, and using them. Is, it's like we said with the mentorship, you know, you, those things are so strong and so powerful that you have to take care of them always.
2: Relationships are the reason I'm sitting here talking to you today. Without the relationships I've had through my career, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have been in CODA. Right. You know, yep. you know maybe would have been in Palm Beach because I was just a headhunter that reached out got my name but again he got my name from other people Somebody that else. i had relationships yeah, with exactly. so again i, I you know i agree with you 100 percent. relationships are, are vital to anyone in any industry uh, but especially in ours relationships people people do business with people they know and people they trust and people that have done it before right because there's so many dreamers, there's so many people that I want to build a racetrack. Yeah. I can't tell you how, if I had a dollar for every time, I've talked to somebody new that wanted to build a racetrack. Yep. Right. Uh, and, you know, in the past couple of years, I've consulted on a few of those after I left, left Dakota <laughs> uh, and started my own company. Uh, so, you know, I, I made a few paychecks off of talking to people that were dreamers that wanted to build a racetrack that never happened You know, I couldn't tell them they were never going to happen (laughs) because there was a chance they could. They could, right. Uh, So I didn't want to kill their dream, but I've seen so many of them. I mean, literally hundreds throughout my career of 20 years now of people that were going to build racetracks or promote a race or a festival or a concert or whatever it may be. Uh,
1: So then, yeah, and I I agree with you so much on all of that. I mean, we could talk another – we could have a whole other – We could, conversation about that but you know getting back to you know the the I guess the you know the beginning stages of bringing IndyCar here so you've got the conversation you've made the initial plans but there's more to it than just calling you know IndyCar and you know you've got to deal with the city you've got to have a plan you've got to promote it I mean walk walk us through some of those challenges and the different where you ran into roadblocks that you had to overcome and and maybe you know just some brief history on how that all played out
2: yeah absolutely uh that's what took us three years right uh that's what we've been doing since 2017 is navigating all of those challenges and roadblocks Uh, and I wouldn't say challenges the opportunities uh but roadblocks and things that we had to overcome and we had to get everyone on the same page uh we we didn't want to do and again, not saying anything negative about the group before us because Matt was involved with that group, but uh, they made it a little too public in my opinion. Uh, so they had the, the popular vote or public opinion played into the decision oh, that yeah. was made the first time, the first go around. Uh, the yeah. public got to weigh in because they made it public. If you don't make it public, public's not going to weigh in.
0: Yeah, because it's been pretty quiet. And so yeah, yeah.
2: we've worked behind the scenes very quietly for three years now, uh, and that's what we did differently this time than the first than Matt's first go around was. Uh, and he said, "This, you know, we got to keep this on. We got to keep this quiet now. We we can't go out talking about this race now." Uh, and so that's where we started. We started by meeting with the stakeholders, the important ones, right up front, in the very beginning, which would be the mayor's office, yep. the city. Uh, Convention Visitors Bureau, uh, from a state level, the governor's office, uh, economic development, and tourism. So to get all of those folks uh, on board. And then the next obstacle was the Titans. Uh, We could not make this event happen without Nissan Stadium. There's nowhere else that's ideal to make this event happen in Nashville without having Nissan Stadium parking lots uh, and, you know, we're using a lot of the stadium from the event level, uh, the suites, the clubs, the, you know, some of those areas, but uh, the event level with operations and medical right. and those kind of things are all important, but primarily was the parking lots. We had to have those or this event could not take yeah, place. Just the paddock space the yeah, paddock. For, for the rigs. We, and the yeah. we had and to have the paddock. We had to have a pit lane. Yeah. Right. And so when you're talking about getting an NFL team on board with a race, something that they're not used to doing, uh, and looking at their schedule and trying to find a weekend that would work, uh, that's really a lot of the obstacles that we had to overcome over the last few years. And so we started with the city, with the CVB, and said, guys, find a window for us. When can the city host an event of this size? Right. Because Nashville is an event city. Yeah, yeah. We have events all the time. Yep. And so when are, when is there a lull? When, when can we accommodate this many people in town. When do we have the hotel rooms available? Uh, And so Butch with the CVB looked at his calendar and came back to us and gave us a few windows. And one of those windows that was, you know, that stood out to us that we liked was the first week of August. He said it's primarily a low week in tourism. Uh, People are getting ready to go back to school, School. uh, but they're not back in school yet. So they're still out of school locally. Uh, And, uh, you know, in the U.S., a lot of the kids are not back in school yet. Uh, And very important for us internationally, that is the very beginning of their holiday season and travel season uh, when they do travel, uh, European holidays. So uh, there's a big focus on the city to bring international travel to the city, uh, not only from the CVB but from the airport perspective. And so we felt like that was the week that would work well for us and work best for everyone involved. Uh, The Titans, it's before the Hall of Fame game. So it's before any preseason football would ever right. take place. It would never happen first week of August. Uh, well, I can't say that now in COVID times, but in <laughs> yeah. normal times yeah. when we were planning this, <laughs> yeah. right. there would never be pre-season. a football game yeah. first week of August, NFL. And so that week really stood out and said, this this is the week. Uh, so we went to IndyCar, and they said, yeah, we, we think that week will work. And so that was uh, the big obstacle we over overcame early was finding a date and then getting the Titans on board to, to get them to really be a partner in the event. We did not want to just rent their venue. Yeah, right. You know, renting a venue is always challenging, and being a venue that people rented a lot, you know, I know how I felt when somebody was just renting my venue versus yeah. when I have ownership, a, in it. ownership yeah. and a stake in it. Yeah. And, you know, my team is going to work a lot harder and care about the event a lot more if our name's on it. Right. And that's really what we wanted with with Nissan Stadium and the Tennessee Titans. And we were very fortunate to to be able to get that, that they are a partner in our event. We are using all of their staff. Uh, So, you know, when you call to buy a ticket, you're calling the Tennessee Titans box office. Right. Uh, We're using all their ticketing staff, their group sales, their corporate sales. So they're making all of our outbound calls. They're dealing with all our companies. Uh, If you're buying a Founders Club or a Club RPM right now, you know, you're dealing with with corporate salespeople at the Tennessee Titans. It's their staff.
0: It's like it almost comes back full circle for you that when you start at Dover, one facility's taking care of all that stuff type deal. I mean yeah. it's like that's a great thing to to have on
2: board. And so really that's the biggest challenges we had, uh, you know, not to mention we've gone through three mayors in that time period. So right. every time we got a mayor we'll on board, <laughs> yeah. we got a mayor on board, fully supportive, ready to go when we got a new one. So we had to restart. And then we got a new one, and had to restart. And so we're, we're fortunate enough that all three have been on board and fully supportive of the event. Uh, and you know, Mayor Cooper uh, was was vital in, in getting this event approved and making it happen for us.
1: So now, I mean, you're approved, right? You're you're moving forward. What do you what are you doing? Because I'm sitting here as I I look back at the kind of the layout of the track. What infrastructure wise? What, what's going to take place? How's this going to work out? Especially going over the bridge. That's the one comment that I get from everybody is. It's unique. How's it going to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty unusual. Um, so I'm curious, like, how, what do you got to do differently? It, just infrastructure to have a yeah. street race is not easy.
2: Absolutely. Uh, there's a ton of work that we've got to do in the next, you know, 10 months or so. Uh, and really that's in several different phases. The first phase is the improvements we've got to make to the Titans parking lot. Uh, that's what we're tackling first and that, you know, that's city owned property, but Titans controlled. And so that's going to be a little easier to get those improvements done and approved and moved a little quicker than some of the city streets. So we're making those improvements first. There's some curbs that's have to be cut out some, Mm -hmm. uh, some medians, uh, that are dividing the parking lot that have to be cut out. Uh, you know, we're going to be putting some bollards in that can be removed for race week. Uh, and then the biggest project in the parking lot is we've got to cut, the asphalt uh, and pour concrete for the two pit lanes. Yeah, any cars. Yeah, where you, you know, they in can't and... pit on asphalt, so it's, oh. it's got to be concrete yep. okay. uh, because of the way that the cars are lifted up. Oh yeah, you know, that would just, yeah, sink, would just sink right, sink right in. yeah, with, down into the asphalt, sure. yeah, especially the air, air jacks
0: would just
2: yeah. sink right in. <laughs> <The> air jacks <laughs> and and. August. August. In, yeah, 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 August, August time, concrete. In or I mean on asshole. pavement. Yeah, So we're digging, you know, we're going to dig all of that area up and pour concrete uh, in the parking lot. Uh, so that's the first phase is is really the parking lot improvements to be able to accommodate the paddock and the pit lane. Uh, and then the second phase of that will be the improvements to the city streets. Uh, right. There are some areas, obviously, Nashville is, is booming with construction, and so there's a lot of, of areas where the streets have been cut to put pipe in or whatever it may be. The streets have been patched. There's a lot of areas that have been patched. So we've got to go in and, uh, you know, basically repave a lot of those areas, uh, the city streets, and, and all that's being done at our cost and our expense. Uh, the city is is fully self-funded. Uh, there's no tax dollars that will be put oh, wow. into this event. Uh, the city's not funding it in any way. Uh, we're not getting any incentives Uh, We're paying for all of it, including the improvements to the city streets. So we've got to go in and, you know, there's a few curbs that have to be moved or backed backed up a little, a few areas in the road that are going to be widened, uh, some drains that have to be moved. And so uh, we've got probably four to five months or so worth of work that we'll be starting in the spring. And then the third phase of that is uh, the actual temporary Infrastructure that we're bringing in for race week. So, get the parking lot good. We get the streets good. Now we bring in everything that we need to put this race on. That includes uh, about twenty four hundred, almost twenty five hundred uh, concrete blocks. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the barricades. Yep. Uh, we're using the the latest and greatest, the newest system that's been developed. It's FI approved with the blocks uh, and the new catch fence. And so that's the, the new design that they have, which. For Most fans won't mean anything, but for Owen and you know the race world, it's uh, the block and the fence are are one. So we put the block in, the fence is already attached, already there. So it's not putting all the block, and now we're gonna put all the poles yeah. and then we run all the fence. And then so this is the block goes in with the fence, uh, and then we run all the cables behind it for support. So uh, that's just the race course. So there's 24, 2500 of those blocks that have to go in with fence on all of those. Uh, then we have all the grandstands that have to go in. Yeah. Uh, we have three temporary pedestrian bridges over the roads to get the folks in and out of the paddock, uh, over the race course, uh, and then all of the paddock area, and then all of the entertainment areas. We're going to have, you know, a huge fan zone with a main stage, and you know, this is Nashville. We're going to have lots of stages and lots <laughs> <Yeah>. of music. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, huge team hospitality areas, uh, a lot of sponsor displays. Uh, so lots of temporary structures that are going to be brought in from, you know, grandstands to pit lane suites to chalets, uh, hospitality tents. So all of that stuff that has to be built to put this event on being a temporary circuit, uh, all of that will be brought in. And there's about a six-week buildup to all of that uh, leading up to the race.
1: And then how long will streets be closed? I mean, what's the... How's that going to work out because you know obviously that creates some right. some challenges as well
2: yeah we're, we're only closing the streets for the three days of the event because
1: you can put barriers up everywhere except just leave the streets open and correct. Then, yeah correct
2: yeah. that's that's the good part about this system is yeah. uh, you know we can put we, we can put uh, openings uh, or we can open the barricades yeah. and have the street open so we'll have everything set all the blocks will be in place prior to the event week. Uh, we'll finish setting up the, the last few blocks, that event week, but most of it will be done prior to that week. Uh, so it really
1: won't disrupt.
2: It's three days. Yeah, the uh, event, I mean, the yeah.
1: event, other than that, there's not really,
2: and we're waiting until after rush hour on Friday morning. Uh, you know, we're, we're assuming we're in post COVID world sure. and everyone's back at work and there's people actually coming to work downtown, uh, but waiting until, you know, nine thirty 30, 10 ish on Friday. So the people all get into downtown because, you know, Korean Veterans Bridge is one of the main arteries into downtown for those that don't live here. uh, But into the downtown marketplace for business. Uh, So we're going to let all those folks get into downtown on Friday morning before we close that off. Uh, They'll have to use, you know, alternate routes to get home that day, but we feel like disrupting just one Friday afternoon uh, is not that bad. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Some people just stay home that day. Well, that's where – I mean, we've we've done that. I mean,
1: we have an office that's – is, is right down in the gulch, and we've done that before on days where there's going to be events or whatever. they just tell us to work from home, yeah. So it's yep. really so know, it'll be closed, pretty uh, calm.
2: you know, mid morning on Friday until Monday morning. We'll have it open before rush hour. So, you know, Tony Gottman, our track designer and track builder, uh, has a tight window to get it all broken down <laughs> after the event, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Jason talk, uh, talking about the track because I saw the original layout was just around. Um, just around the Titan Stadium. It wasn't around, you know, over the bridge and every it, anything like that. I mean, I think it's a fabulous layout. Looking at it, and what's been some of the take from IndyCar, you know, positive or negative about you know what they think about this layout?
2: Yeah, that's been the biggest change from the initial proposal that you know the prior group that Matt was involved with when yeah. this was pitched. And again, something else that we did different when I when I say we didn't make it public. You know, we we kept everything private we didn't share any of this information Uh, unfortunately the first time they had to go in front of the sports commission so when you go in front of the sports commission that's a public yeah uh, public record yeah Uh, so every uh, every piece of material that they handed to those board members on the sports commission board uh, all became public record and was out there on the internet for the world to see and that included the track design and so to me uh, as promoter of this that is was of my favorite part of making the announcement. It was great that we announced it and great that we're having the event, but the most fun for me was watching all the people in the days from the day that, you know, it leaked to the media that Roger was here and said, let's go. Yeah, we talked about that <laughs> before yeah. we actually had the public announcement. There was a you know couple day time period in there. Yep. And so the, the internet was flooded with <laughs> opinions yes. of fans and racers, um, uh, about how terrible this race was going to be. Oh, gosh. It's in Nashville. It didn't come from me. But <laughs> yeah, I no, it's not, <laughs> not the event, the racing. Right. No. The event was going to be great. So no one ever questioned the event. Everybody knows Nashville is an event town. We're going to put on a great party. It's going to be an amazing event. But the racing was going to be terrible because it just went around this parking lot.
0: Because that was the old design. That was the old yeah. design. Yeah. So I would say that. That the was
2: – yeah, so yeah. that's what everyone was going off of, that old design that was floating around the internet, and that's what people were reposting again. Here's the track design. Yeah, yeah. That was a track design in 2016. Yeah. That's not the track design now. So watching that for that week was a lot of fun for me. I was like, I can't wait to drop the bomb on these people. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I can't wait to – We got something special. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I did – you know, we – we did a few interviews prior to making the announcement. We gave uh, Sports Business Journal uh, you know, a heads up on it, and, and they got to do an interview before we made the public announcement. They couldn't release it until we made the public announcement, yeah, but they got the right. first interview uh, just because of their stature in the sports world. Uh, and so that was the, the one thing that I withheld even from that interview. Uh, from anyone I talked to or any interview I did or anyone I spoke to, uh, that track design was not out anywhere until the day we made the announcement. Uh, We kept that close to the vest and didn't share. And that was, you know, for me, my favorite part of being able to to post and make the announcement and post that, and that's the first post on all our social media was the course. Right, yeah. And the design. You know, there was a cool video, but that's what I wanted to get out there was I wanted everyone to see this is going to be something really cool. It's not a square around a parking lot and a couple city streets. Yeah,
0: 90-degree turn, 90-degree turn, you know, Again. It can't get going that fast. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be this is good passing
1: be an amazing zones. Amazing course. And that uh, bridge. Yeah, and I mean, you've got some, some long straights right there. The bridge
2: is so wide. Yeah, that's, oh, what, yeah, that's what everyone thinks. And, you know, for those listening at home that have gotten on the internet and looked at these things, and, you know, the funny part for me, Owen, was people that are, don't live here. And they don't understand the difference between the pedestrian bridge and the Korean. Oh, yeah. yeah, they bridge. think it's going across the pedestrian bridge. Yeah. So people Google this thing, or they look online and they see that bridge going to the stadium, and they think, "Oh, how, how are they going to race on this? You can't even get one car on that, let alone <laughs> two Single wide. file." <laughs> yeah. yeah, like guys, wrong bridge, <laughs> wrong bridge, yeah, wrong bridge. So that was fun yeah. answering some of those questions and tweets and social media, and yeah, good point, guys. But you got the wrong bridge. <laughs> that's right. So there's a, there's look one. at this other one that's eight lanes wide with no center median. Right. It's going to be awesome. So there, cars are definitely going to be able to race three wide. Uh, plenty of passing zones. Uh, you know, it's 3,000 feet or so across that yeah. bridge. So it's going to be super fast. It's going to be cool racing. Uh, you know, a lot of – you know some people online, again, a lot of opinions. It's unsafe. Why are they racing over the water? Well, they race beside water all the time. It's yeah. the same exact thing. Yep. They race beside water with a, just water on one side instead of both. Uh, yeah. Ours is really cool because it's the largest body of water I think anybody's ever raced over. It's not the only, but it's the largest, the longest length of of over a body of water, completely over a body of water. Uh, I, got, I got people calling me out for that too. You're not the only one that races over water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i didn't say we're the only ones, so now i'm very clear in that yeah, yeah. we're one of the only ones but the longest over a body over of water. water so yeah i mean if indycar feels like it's safe and they've approved it FIA's approved it tony cotman designed it that's all i'm good need. to go that's yeah. all i yeah, need it's good. yeah i'm totally. good to go now if something were to happen and it does happen you know i hope that it doesn't knock on wood but if it does we're prepared for that well, i was gonna it's say you not have like to have a gonna, contingency well for that. You know, we, we always water have water down there i hope they don't go in it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean
0: you, you've been in this business long enough it's like you know when i've done events in the past you always prepare what might happen for the, yeah Absolutely, the worst you case prepare the, for the absolute, absolute worst, worst yeah. yeah
2: no matter what if there's a minuscule chance yes. it could happen yeah yeah you know do i need 150 firefighters for a nascar race no but we uh, have them. Yeah, we'll have them just in case. <laughs> we have <laughs> them. Yeah, yeah, just in case. So, no, we'll, we have all those things. We have the National Fire Department. They're going to be in the river. We've yep. got divers that are going to be in the river on boats, just like a boat race. Yeah, Figured, yeah. Same divers. I've uh, got helicopters that are going to be in the air for the rescue. All of the things that, just like a boat race would have, we're going to have in the river and, and be prepared if, by some minuscule chance, that does happen. Yeah. Uh, Everyone involved with this and everyone that's been doing this their entire career feels like we're safe. Uh, but again, anything could happen. Sure. So we're going to be prepared for it, but it's going to be awesome racing. So that's what we're most excited about. It's going to be huge. You know, it's a huge straightaway, tons of speed, and immediate 90-degree turns on both ends of those straightaways. Yeah. So turn seven, turn one are going to be amazing views.
0: Yeah, I'm just glad that, you know, when I saw it, we go back to the original design, that it just didn't it didn't access this side of town. And I'm so glad that you guys came up with this design to at least get into the, some parts of yeah. the other side of the river, you know, that fans could be on, and then it goes back across, which is just, I think it's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. When we first proposed this idea, everybody thought, oh, you're going to race down Broadway. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> you can't do that. What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> right, yeah. 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 have you never been to Nashville? Yeah. Most of those people hadn't made that comment, so – you know, there's multiple reasons why we can't do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, the 50,000 tourists that are there on a, <laughs> right. on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah.
0: That but, are going to be there that weekend too. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: but two, from our standpoint as a promoter, can't close Broadway. We can't ticket off Broadway. And every one of those bars and restaurants have rooftops. Right. So how do I sell a ticket? Yeah. So for us, financially, the model doesn't work doing that. It has to be an area that we can secure, sell tickets, Uh and have an enclosed area for the track. So we're very fortunate to be able to, you know, to add the, you know, to add the downtown, the, the west yeah, side that, of the that river. A loop there is cool. That yeah. little loop. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, and speaking of that little loop, you know, again, a lot of people with their opinions online, I keep referring to that, but, you know, people just make comments, and people think they know things, and, you know, I would just ask those people to to trust those that are promoting this event that we, we do kind of know what we're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've promoted a race before, uh, they go and they look at that and they're like, well, there's a, that's a construction site. How are they going to race around that? You know, it's halfway torn down building. The race is 10 months away, folks. Yeah. yeah.
0: Not till August. It'll be
2: until August. Yeah. We're not going to race around a half torn down building. <laughs> yeah, It's gonna be a great view for Nashville.
1: Yeah. No, no, this is no, you're not going to have that. No. It's not going to have that. No, no, and it then, will be
2: beautiful by next August. There exactly. may not be anything there. It may not be built yet, but the backdrop going to look good. It, it won't be a half torn down building in that <laughs> yeah. little loop that's there now.
1: Yeah,
2: but the backdrop is going to be amazing. That the views, the camera views, the angles from that bridge uh, with the race going across oh, that yeah. bridge with the skyline behind it. It's going to be know, insane at sunset. I, I can't oh. wait for that. It's going to be amazing photos and video. Yeah,
0: Diamond, yeah. you'll get to experience that. So I know it, I won't be here, but I hate uh, that for you, Owen. I know. I we, we've we've had a conversation Don't off here, of which I won't, bring, I won't bring that up right now. Yeah, we're not going to bring that up. No, today. no, but um, <laughs> so, I mean, because IMSA was on the. We're not going to get into to IMSA was on the mark. IndyCar was on the mark six <laughs> years ago, or er, back in sixteen when I was um, invited to that meeting, and I was always on this side, Jason. That Whoever needed to be here needed to almost forget the promoter fee and get here. And did that change a little bit after? I was, that, you know, post draft NFL draft. Did IndyCar kind of like was there a phone call back to you guys? Maybe like um, we want to be here.
2: No, there wasn't a phone call back, but it definitely played into our hand very well. Yeah, it it allowed us a little more leverage. Yep, uh, and it really got everyone's attention. Uh, I mean, Nashville was already on IndyCar's list. Uh, it's the second-highest TV market for IndyCar. Uh, and so it's a huge market for them with Joseph being from here. Yep. Uh, yeah. it, it's a great market, and they really, really wanted to be in Nashville just because of the demographics and what the numbers told them. Yeah, Post-draft. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that just that got changed. better. Uh, that, yes, the numbers tell us we need to be there. Yes, our TV viewership tells us we need to be there. But wow, I mean, look at yeah. what you just did for the NFL draft. Yeah, uh, if they could do that for an IndyCar race, hands down, will be you know, you know, and, top and of the list on our on on our, on our schedule. Totally,
1: and and you know, Nashville now is in such a great place to be able to accommodate from a from a fan standpoint. You know, and the people coming in because before there was always they wouldn't bring events here because there was never enough. Uh, you know, hotel rooms and support and, you know, infrastructure. And now we're, we're so far and the, the draft just proved, um, that, you know, Nashville is now ready to, to hold these world-class events.
2: Absolutely. The city's ready. CVB, Butch, Bearden, and his team are, are top-notch world-class. Yeah. They are ready for this event. Uh, mayor's office is ready for this event. Tennessee Titans are ready for this event. Uh, the downtown businesses, community, yeah. uh, the hotels, all the tours and the restaurants, everyone is fully supportive and on board and just so excited about this event happening. You know, That's the best thing for us is everything is walkable. Everything oh, is yeah. in this downtown corridor. So the fans that are coming to town, you know, they're going to be able to stay downtown, walk across the pedestrian bridge that's just to the say. race. The, the other bridge. The other bridge. That, yeah. The <laughs> bridge they think we're racing on. Yeah, They'll yeah. be able to walk across that right to the track, uh, walk back, Uh, And over the weekend, you know, we've kind of built our schedule around, you know, allowing enough time to experience Nashville, experience Broadway and be downtown. We're not, you know, some of the nights of the event, we're going to have activities at the track, but some of them we're going to, you know, we're going to allow them to experience Nashville and and allow Nashville to do what they do best. And we're just going to get out of the way.
1: Yeah, see, and I think that's great. That pedestrian bridge really is, holds the key to, you know, accessibility to this side of the track, having it go across the bridge. And so you can really, from a fan standpoint, from what I like to do is, you know, I like to go sit in different parts of the track and watch and see what's going on and check that out. And that just really allows you that opportunity to be able to do that. It's awesome.
0: No, I mean, it's going to be killer. Are you guys, so you say that you're, there's some nights you're not going to do some stuff. So you'll hold, you can to have a stage down the paddock area. And is there going to be one night that you're, are you going to put a stage down kind of like the draft did the, you know, a Broadway or anything like that or, and have a concert there? Is that what you're thinking? Or just let people go experience Broadway?
2: Well, we're still, we're still trying to finalize all of our plans, but I, I can share with you what I do know today, you know, Thursday night, we're going to have a fan fest downtown on Broadway. Okay. So once the fans get into town night one, before any on track activity, we're going to have, you know, activities downtown on Broadway between first and second, uh, There will be stages. There will be music. There will be some activity from the race teams. Uh, We're still working on finalizing those plans, but there will be some, uh, you know, whether that's a pit stop competition or, you know, we don't know what that's going to be yet, but that's going to be a fan fest activity downtown on Broadway. So night one, those people that get to town early, they'll get to experience that. Uh, And a lot of locals, you know, we're hoping that's the night. A lot of locals that may not know a lot about the event, we hope that's the night they're going to come out and check it out. Yeah uh may not have a ticket yet. Just see what this thing's all about. And if not, then we're going to have plenty of media there, so they'll have plenty of opportunity to see it. Uh, and then Friday, uh, we've got on-track activity during the day. And then Friday night, our plan is to wrap up fairly early. Uh, and Friday night is the night that we're you know, planning in our schedule to allow the fans to you know, do hit, their thing. hit Broadway, do your thing, experience Nashville and the honky-tonks and everything yeah. that we have uh, really on Broadway. And then uh, Saturday, uh, back on track, uh, with practice qualifying with, uh, with IndyCar uh, and the sports series, which we haven't announced yet. Uh, those announcements are still coming in the coming weeks. Uh, but we're working up finalizing those agreements of, of who else is going to be on track racing with us. Uh, but then we'll have a race that Saturday night. Uh, and then Saturday night is our big music night. So we'll have entertainment on Friday as well. So we'll have concerts at the track before you know we'll end at seven or eight, right? Yeah. Still have plenty of time to enjoy Broadway. But Saturday night uh, we'll race up until dark or maybe even into the night, uh, and then headline concert uh, that'll be our big name act. You know, our a lister will be will be Saturday night concert, and then uh, with a you know post show fireworks, so all of that downtown, typical Nashville, do it all. Yeah. You know race music fireworks, then Broadway, yeah, uh, and then Sunday on race day, uh, we'll, we'll start with music again. We're opening up today uh, on Sunday with uh, with a concert and church service uh, from the stage in the in the fan area, uh, and then some more music and a little more racing activity, and then uh, the main IndyCar music Theater Grand Prix. What
0: what time in the afternoon is it going to be? Yeah. Further in the afternoon, I guess.
2: Yeah, it'll be a little later in the afternoon. We'll yeah. be a noon start. Uh, we're still working with NBC and and working on our TV window and to see exactly when that's going to be.
0: That's good, man. I'm um, I'm excited and um, gosh, if I could get back to Road America and maybe run that Saturday night race, I know you're not going to tell me what it is, but I might be able to drive it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> How badly do you want to do that? I, I won't tell Real, you what re- it is. I really bad.
2: I won't tell you what it is, but I will tell you, yes, you can drive
0: it. Yeah, I figured I could. So. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be here so bad because I'm from here and just I just love this town. And I'm
2: positive that you could get a car and you could drive in. Yeah, in that event. Yeah,
0: so I have an idea, but that's gonna be that is gonna be really cool that Saturday yeah. night thing to kind of see uh, the brakes glowing, especially on the street yeah. course, and with the sunset coming down over the bridge. Yeah, that's and the plan. That's that, the money shot. It's it, gonna be Saturday night. Totally. Saturday night. Yeah,
2: Starting the day, end at night under the you know moonlight and yeah. skyline of downtown you know we don't need lights but it's already lit up The bridge yeah. is lit i mean it's it's gonna be cool saturday night's gonna be very special so I think yeah, the whole weekend is need to get be, back from road america yeah you need yeah. to come
0: back <laughs> get one get one of those jets for me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: there's plenty available there's plenty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there'll be plenty
2: in town that's for sure yeah there will be for sure so. uh, i would say there's probably a good chance there's Probably be some jets coming from road America to Nashville that afternoon. There but might
0: be. Yeah. So I might be able to hop yeah, on just hop just, on somebody jump a ride, yeah, <laughs> yeah. hitchhike. Yeah. Stand out there at the airport, need a ride. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of give our listeners, I, we don't want you to announce anything with no. the support stuff today. And, um, I mean, what's the time frame as far as when you're going to get that stuff out?
2: I would say in the next, uh, you know, our goal would be to make that announcement in the next two weeks, you know, two to three weeks at the latest. Yeah. We're very close. I mean, we we've, We've been in conversations for a while. At this point, it's just a matter of getting all the contracts done, crossing and, the Ts and dotting the i's. Yeah, and, crossing Ts, dotting the i's, getting it on paper, and yeah. uh, and and making it public.
0: Well, I'm super jealous, but I'm super happy at the same time, and that's how I've always talked about this event. That I think it's about time and that it happens in IndyCar's back. They used to be at the Super Speedway, you know, at one time out there. And, um, I mean, we're turning into a real motorsports town because now we have the NASCAR banquet and the burnouts on Broadway and everything, and you guys are going to utilize Broadway, it sounds like, on that Thursday night. Um, It's just, you know, this town is, you know, motorsports crazy right now, which is great to see. Yeah, well, Uh, I mean,
1: what are we – I mean, within – if you draw a 600-mile radius around Nashville, you hit more than half of the – nation's population
2: 40 percent, absolutely yeah almost 50 percent of the yeah. nation you get yeah within a you know six, six hour drive. six hour
1: drive yeah and it's a destination city anyway so people are coming here i mean this is a no-brainer i mean you just had to be like dying when all this started coming together it's just perfect the city's ready for it we're ready for it
0: yeah but well, jason i appreciate you taking some time out of your day and yeah. uh sitting down with us and kind of getting i mean super detailed you know about your career and just in general yeah. and your passion and, and I can see that you're gonna bring that passion to this event and it's gonna be you know it's gonna be off the charts so
2: well, thanks thanks for yeah. having me Hopefully. and as
1: we get as um, I was going to say as we get closer to the event time and that kind of thing we'll, we'll get back together and sit down and we'll we'll kind of firm up the discussions and and exactly what's happening with uh, the race and you know the events and everything that's going to happen
2: yeah absolutely I'd love to come back on I'd love to talk more about the event uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys, you know, asking those questions and, and giving me the opportunity to share my background because not everybody knows that, but, you know, not sure your listeners will find it as intriguing. They may want to hear more about this race, but I appreciate you guys giving me that opportunity and would love to come back on anytime and yeah. talk more about the uh, Music City Grand Prix.
0: No, anytime. And I mean, a lot of this stuff is in our listeners is about relationships, you know, yeah. and that's what we kind of dive into with everybody as far as the car culture and, how some of their best friends have come out of, you know, just the relationships of motorsports or cars in general. And it's obviously has with you too, you know, through your business side through motorsports. So, well, Absolutely. And, you know, you, you
1: touched on it earlier about, you know, coming full circle and, and coming back around and the community being tight knit and I guess relatively small, you know, compared to some other things, but you know, we're already seeing that in the, you know, the amount of time we've been doing this, that paths cross a lot in this, you know, in this business and in this community. And man, it's fun to hear the different stories and how yours ties in with another guest we've had on the show. Um, you know, and in the community and in, uh, you know, the culture and what we're trying to do here locally and nationally, because it's just, that's the stage.
2: Yeah. Right. It's definitely a small group, definitely tons of relationships. And, you know, we, I mean, we, we referred to to Mike Tatoyan and, and our relationship yeah. and, and our friendship and how that those paths have crossed and have uh, come full slar- full circle for me. And, you know, I would say not knowing who all your guests have been, but, you know, I, I would say there's probably many more guests that you've had on the show that, you know, I've worked with or had yeah. crossed paths with. Or, uh, I mean, Owen and I have been at the same track. He's raced at my track Chicks before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah We didn't know that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And both from here both from Nashville <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. yeah well again
1: yeah we really appreciate your time this has been fantastic um, looking forward to this it can't get here soon enough for me
2: don't don't wish it by too quick I got a lot of work to do <laughs> well I want
1: you to get your work done but I'm I'm looking forward to this this is going to be a great weekend for me it's going
2: to be awesome
0: alright bud thanks for joining us today thank you man Guys, guys appreciate, it. appreciate your right. time All right guys, welcome back! What an episode and what an event!
1: Yeah, this is going to be. If you weren't excited about, uh, you know, the Mi- Music City Grand Prix, you are now. Because, um, I mean, it's it'll be here before you know what. I know Jason was like, "Don't." He's got a lot of stuff he's got to get done. Yeah. In the next ten months, but August of uh, twenty one, um, if it's anything like this year was, it'll be here quick.
0: Yeah it will i mean these events i mean they start they take over a year to start planning for these big events yeah. and to get everybody you know on the same page on what they're doing and and the good thing to know is that some of the improvements that are going to go on the ownership of this grand prix is taking that it's not yeah. the taxpayers and stuff if people Which, kind of get wind of like oh who's paying for that it's it's the ownership group yeah of the music city grand prix and, and, that's, care I, and
1: I don't know i mean maybe i'm speaking without knowing here but i think that's a little unusual where there's no you know infrastructure help from the city from the local government yeah i mean because you are working on city streets and you know so it's a it's an improvement that's going to stay long after the the race. well this is 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 a five-year deal yeah but still i mean you're still going to be on them all all year long and you know whatever so but yeah no i thought that was really interesting that um and i mean really honestly they don't have a ton of infrastructure that they have to fix or alter um you know, as compared to some of the stuff that I've seen, but um, I mean,
0: they're I, doing it right. I think the biggest thing is going to be the concrete for the um, yeah. for the pit lane, the two pit lanes that they're going to use. So that's probably going to be the biggest thing that um, that's going to have to go on. How they're going to cut the pavement out and lay right. the concrete down. But um, yeah, what an event it's going to be, Donovan. I know you're going to be there. I will. Hopefully, I'll be there Hopefully. after I'm done at Road America. We'll see how that all works out. Yeah. But so, any of our listeners with a private jet. Yeah. The, that, that, have, that, that wants to get me back. Her, hang out. Or sponsor uh, me for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Hang out in uh, in uh, Wisconsin and then, yeah. you know, make a quick trip. Come back come to right Nashville. Back. Yeah. So. Eh,
0: we'll work on that. Yeah. We'll see what happens. So a uh, little action over the weekend. Talk yeah, a little so racing. Uh, Legato wins at Kansas. Going out, which creates problems. Well,
1: challenges, I think. What for, tracks for they got Harvard. coming up now? Um, Martinsville is on there. Yeah. And, um No, no, I'm going to draw a blank.
0: Yeah, I forgot. I knew Martinsville's got to be one of them coming up. it is. So, but Harvick's got enough points maybe to get in. Oh, I think Harvick and Hamlin are in. They're going to be in, okay. So, it's going to create a problem for uh, – somebody else has got to win. You know, if somebody starts winning that's not going to have the points. Yeah,
1: because – so, we've got two more races,
0: and I know somebody's getting in on points. Texas. Is it Texas? Maybe it is Texas. They've shaked the schedule up so much, I can't remember, but –
1: I'm just, just drawn a blank because I was thinking about it before we walked up here. It's
0: Texas at Parvick Fight Win. So. Right.
1: Mile and a half. Yeah. But uh, nobody expected Joey. Kind of came out of nowhere Yeah, uh, in Kansas. So we'll see. But he's Phoenix is a good track for him. Yeah. And he's aggressive when there's championship on the line.
0: Well, too, and you got uh, the two-car, Brad yeah. Kozlowski. You know, he was waiting. You know, if he can get to Phoenix, he's got a really good car yeah. Um, that they're saving probably for that. So that'll be interesting if you get two teammates kind of going at it like that. Ooh, that's yeah. gonna be. Uh, I hope that happens because that'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll make for some good racing. Yeah, and then uh, we find out, boy, you're you know, is gonna retire. Yep. We talked about that last yep. week. I mean, hands down, we knew who was gonna go there, and Briscoe gets you know the call. And I didn't realize he was such
1: a Tony Stewart fan fanboy. I mean, they, like his whole life has been. He's Tony from Stewart. the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they showed pictures of him. You know, and. Tony Stewart, Halloween, you know, like the Halloween costume when you're a, a little kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, wearing one of those, whatever. And, I mean, he was talking about it, uh, uh, you know, on a lot of his his media about the fact that it was just a dream for him to drive the 14 car. Never in his wildest you know, dreams you ever think that's going to happen. Um, and then did you hear that they, they kind of pranked him? No. On, on the announcement? So, <laughs> uh, I guess – you know, Stuart called him and said, "Hey, we've we've got an opportunity here, but we need to like mobilize and pitch this thing because this whole this whole thing was bringing High Point, yeah. on board, uh, you know, for the season." And Tony's like, "They're waffling back and forth. I need you at my house. Um, you know, we're gonna get everybody together and we're just gonna kind of put them on the, you know, on the hot seat and force them to make a decision." And, you know, whatever. So Briscoe thinks he's just going up there to, you know, he's he's making his own bed, so to yeah. speak, I guess. Well, Tony had the whole thing set up. The deal had been done for, for like a week and a half or whatever. And so they get Briscoe up there. They get his parents up there. Uh, you know, the guys from High Point. And then they sit down for dinner and, you know, Tony's talking and they're they're kind of going back and forth. And, you know, when you hear Chase talk about it now, right, hindsight's always twenty twenty. He's like, you know, looking back on it, there were things I should have been like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but, you know, he's like, what? whatever, uh, you know, and then Tony tells him, you know, yeah. you've got the seat, the, the ride is yours, you know, whatever, and he's like, by the way, there's a, a hidden camera there, and there's one here, over here, here. And, oh, that's funny. you know, whatever, and he said his parents were balling, and, you know, because this was literally a childhood dream of his, and he's in Tony Stewart's home, you know, in Indiana. Uh, so it was, it was a cool story, um, you know, to, to, to hear him tell it and, um, you know, to – the way that they play it out, which is not unlike
0: Tony. Yeah, no. And it, it, it's a cool thing. I mean, he's, he's earned this deal for sure. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, um, uh, he's kind of gone the ladder system with Ford and yeah. you know, he was raced in some of our stuff, yeah. you know, with Ford performance and, and the GT four Mustang and mm-hmm. he's done, you know, a good job over there, you know, got his road course game up cause he won it, you know, the Indy, yeah. um, on the road course there. So I think that's, it's cool. And he, it's good to see somebody that's come from almost nothing to earn a rod like that.
1: Well, and that's what, I mean, that was one of the things he said was, you know, I didn't have any, any backing. We didn't have any money. We didn't, you know, Ford brought him.
0: No, and that's, I get through that. the I system, mean, like to be able to go and I'm not saying you go on the other side of this Logano Logano had every opportunity right, to get to where he is. Yeah, and they talked about that a little bit too. Yeah. It's funny. And, yeah. And so it in and, and Chase is the complete opposite. And so that's cool. I, Cause I, sit in those shoes, yeah. and so understand that completely. That that's that's awesome to see him get that opportunity and to get to his goal and, you know, just where he and is. And I didn't
1: know this either, that at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the Xfinity season, um, you know, he said it's going to take eight wins yeah. or, or I don't have a ride.
0: We had to go dominate
1: yeah. to prove. That he was a driver, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I think Boyer had to have a kind of an off year, which he kind of did, you know, and yeah. I think you know, if Boyer were to come in there and really – I mean, say he won four races or something. Then it's like, whoa, okay. Even though Fox really wanted him. Yeah. And Chase, maybe he wins four or five races on the Xfinity side, and maybe it's like, maybe. Not maybe, enough maybe, quite to tip the scales. To move, to move it on, yeah. But Boyer not winning. Yeah. Whether you make it second round of the playoffs, he was out, or first round, done. Second, yeah. And so, and then Fox really loved him. You know, it's like, and I think Stewart kind of went to Boyer and said, look, we're going to, we can either make this go good or bad. Yeah. You got an opportunity to go somewhere else and do something pretty cool.
1: And I I mean, we I think everybody kinda knew that he was going to um move into the booth. I mean, I don't think it was a surprise. Yeah, after
0: I guess he did, you know, some early in the season, then it went yeah. off great. Yeah. And stuff. And I think Fox needs that because it, what NBC's doing and I think they need that um they need more than just Gordon and Mike Joy in yeah. there. So I think that's it's going to be a great thing for everybody. It's really cool for Chase. I'm glad to see yeah. that. A uh, kid that really deserves it, and he gets that opportunity. Yeah. So, And then uh, news breaks that Larson gets reinstated. Again, shocker, right? <laughs> so uh, we were texting the other day that I basically told you uh, uh, for the 88, but you came back and said I – I, I don't think they're going to use the 88
1: number. I bet he's coming back in the twenty five. I yeah. don't think the five. I think
0: it'll be the twenty-five. Okay, was the f- twenty-five? I'm trying to remember if that's Ricky. If that was Ricky's, you know, Rick's son. Son. I think he ran twenty-five. Did he? Th- really? I don't remember. I can't remember. If he ran twenty-five uh, when he raced, uh, you know, before he passed away, um, which would have in the Xfinity Series. I think he ran twenty-five. Which so I, that's why, yeah, it'd probably no. be twenty-five come back. So I I I, I, I agree with you though. I, I don't think that's eighty-eight. I think the 88's gone. Yeah. I think that... I think that they'll shelve that for right now. Yeah. yeah, And um so look for Larson. I, I mean, I don't see why they don't do it here in the next couple weeks. If they yeah, go ahead yeah. and...
1: I, who knows what the schedule is, how that plays out. But if it doesn't happen, it would just be a shock. Because, uh, you know, I mean, you've got uh um Eric Jones going over to RPM. He's going to race for Petty Motorsports. Yeah. So... I mean, a lot of these seats, that's the only one that has been announced. Come on.
0: Yeah. That's kind of waiting out there. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to happen. And, um, not to kind of get into our weekends, but that's kind of the race. Well, we had Petit Le Mans, yep. Scott Dixon, which is a championship contender headed to St. Petersburg, which we were talking IndyCar, you know, they finish up this weekend, this weekend. at St. At Peter street race there. Yep. Uh, Dixon won and they rode Atlanta, Petit Le Mans, And, um. And so, see if he kind of keeps that momentum going and and can close the deal out. I know people around here want New Garden to win, and um, sure. I just want it to be a tight battle. So, either one of them are good dudes and will be good champions for that series. So, yeah. Um. But it was a busy weekend. I didn't see you much. No, I uh, was you. You were doing some other stuff. Yeah, I just
1: I got so much going on at home right now. I haven't been anywhere. I I did I did get the car out yesterday. Yeah. Drove it to work. I okay. saw that. Somebody posted a picture. like oh, Two yeah. Corvettes. Yeah, but Scott, Scott, yeah, Scott. Yeah, Scott, Scott, Scott did, which I didn't know that, you know, so a coworker of ours bought a, uh, a 17 yeah. Z06. Or a newer one. Yeah. 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 9,000 miles on it, white with red interior, and, you know, nice car. I told him, dude, I got to drive that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he left before yeah. I had a chance. Before he t- you know, before he could drive it. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And okay, uh, then you're driving him out of here.
1: Yeah, I d- I've just been busy, but I did get the skid loader seat fixed i saw that that's what i posted that yeah. was my that was my thing over the way that's what i was driving that was my driving life yeah that works which is good because i you know what i got i had to get it fixed like i got a notice from the county that said i had a pile of dirt in my front yard from all the work we're doing and um they said you either got to put a silt fence around it or move it yeah before we find you and i was like oh, no,
0: right. i'll move it i got something to move there's an incentive you yeah to get, get it fixed. so
1: i did that which uh, is good it needed to be done anyway so that's great yeah good that Was it for me
0: Awesome, man. I'm glad you had a good weekend. Yeah. What'd you do?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, so that was, we were trying to get together to go up to. Yeah. So Saturday was,
0: well, it was super busy Saturday. Um, oh, yeah. You were carding and yeah, yeah. Yeah. My young, my oldest. Um, And thanks to Tissy Karting Association. Yeah. Which I pulled out some, I, I was going through some stuff yesterday out at my property um, that I'd kind of like put away that. So TKA, Jody Cummington, I mean, think, I mean, I'm so thankful that he has allowed my kids to, um, you know, we're not having to fork out a bunch of money to see if they really want a cart or you know right. even got the racing bug. And and so we did this two years ago with Brant. Guy didn't really catch on. Just went out there and kind of put it around, which is fine. I just wanted to go enjoy it and have a good time. And it's just about us being around as a family yep. and, and having fun together. And he did. And he's been kind of pulling at the strings with me. Hey, I want to go back. I want to go back. I'll do better. Like, hey, man, that's I'm not worried about how you do. I just want you to have fun. If you want to do it again, great. I'll call Jody. And um so he said, Yeah, more you know, come get him fitted. I think I did on Columbus Day, went up there and got yeah. him fitted in the cart again. We went down this weekend at Shelbyville at Twin Fountains. And he amazingly did well, really well. And Jody called me the Monday this past Monday and was like, holy cow, I went back and looked at his times and he gained like, granted, we had an oil leak in the engine, but we uh, friend of the podcast, Jeremy Sweeney and I we were like R T V in it, JB Weldon, the prank <laughs> case, because it's a sealed motor, so you right. can't do anything there. And I'm just trying to get it through the weekend or through the day. And so he misses a practice. So he makes the first practice, misses one, makes qualifying, does the first race and then obviously the last race, but he gained seven seconds from the first practice to his last lap. And he ran his fastest time of the day on his last last lap. lap. That was a competitive time to run second to Sweeney's kid, Truett who won. And so I was super proud of him and he had a great time. And, um, it was a lot of fun. Now I've got my youngest one pulling at the strings. He's (laughs) he's ready to go because I I was going to set up for him too. And he's like, I don't want to do it. But we get there Saturday. He's like, dad, dad, I want to race. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't have the pedal extenders to do this. And, um, but to go back to what I was talking about before, so I'll pull out the box, talking about starting young and just TKA and this karting association that means a lot just for families to have a good time. 1990, like, junior sportsmen, super stock champion. I had these little jackets and all this stuff, all these suits, <laughs> and, like, I was going through a box because they want to dress up as go-kart racers for Halloween, which is coming up Perfect. next week. And so I'm like, I think I've got some stuff y'all can just wear. We don't have to go buy anything. Yeah. So but that was cool. And then, uh, booked it from Shelbyville back to the house, dropped the kids off and ran up to uh cruising and grooving in Pleasant view. And, um, man, what a turnout there, are 270 cars. We're going to, we're going to have a short Which podcast on, um, that I did a quick interview with somebody that wasn't from that area, from the Panama city area that was just overwhelmed. And, um, it was 270 cars, probably a thousand people there that night. And, uh, thanks to to the Hampton Inn up there in Pleasant View uh, for all their support of driving life and everything they do for us. And so it, it was just a great event. You know, Mayor Keenan, his last um, kind of swan song there yeah. that he's done. And, but, but what
1: a great event that he created. To ended.
0: Oh, yeah, that he created that he gets to yeah, end Yeah, and he
1: gets to end it that way. And I tried to get up there. I was in the middle of like no, I know four you were, different yeah. things. I know, so we were I know you called me. We, and
0: we were texting. We talked pre, yeah. pre-weekend. We had talked about... That we were going to go there and um, is all good. Is all good
1: though. I know, but I hated to miss it because it was. I knew it was going to be huge. It was trunk or treat. I mean, yeah. they were doing some great, you know, activities up there uh, on Saturday night.
0: No, so it was a lot of fun. So that's what I kind of did all weekend, and it was a lot of good weekend. I'm going to to down to the karting track. Yeah, unfortunately, that was the last race of the year. Yeah, next but, year, well, um, next year. I mean, we're going to be back. Um, I've got to work on how I'm going to work the schedule out, but they want to run both of them do um, on weekends when I'm not here. I don't know how that's all going to work, but Mr. Jody Covington has been gracious enough to to help to this point. And um, the cool thing is he's running, you know, we may have talked about this before that he's racing on a chassis that I raced back in like the mid nineties or early nineties and stuff. And, and Jody told me, you know, when he was getting fit in the seat on Columbus day, he's like, look, I'm not selling these chassis. I've got two of your old chassis that you raced. And it's like, I am not going to sell these unless you want to buy them. Nobody else is getting these. So I've tried to like tell my boys this and they're kind of like, huh? Yeah. Okay. Dad, whatever. But uh, it's really cool to me. So,
1: well, and I, I think you and I talked about this, that at some point they'll, they'll figure that out. Yeah. They'll, they'll appreciate it. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. a, that's pretty rare. Uh, You know, and it's a great opportunity, you know, for somebody to be able to do that and for your boys to share in that, even if they don't know it right now, they will eventually, yeah, they will, yeah.
0: So it's cool. So, um, but I hope everybody had a great weekend and enjoyed this podcast, uh, with the Music City Grand Prix with Mr. Jason on. And so, I, um, just go get your tickets, man, yeah, yeah, driving life will drive, driving life will be there. Domin will be there, there. he'll be there for sure.
1: I'll be solo for a while. I'm sure we'll have some support staff walking around with
0: yeah. driving life
1: t-shirts on and whatever, but yeah, go get your tickets. Go get, get ready. I'm ready for this one.
0: Yeah. it's pretty so, cool. So go get your tickets guys. Have a great rest of the week. Great weekend. Enjoy the racing. Enjoy the good fall weather that we're having, especially here in Nashville or, or wherever you live and uh, keep tuning in, liking us. I, I see that we're getting more likes on iTunes and ratings and all that stuff. So appreciate um, that. Keep spreading the word guys. We appreciate, um, what you guys are doing and if you like what we're doing just keep sharing it so absolutely all right i'll see you next week peace